Good morning. It's January 19th. A bit of snow is gently drifting down out of a normal wintry sky here in New York City. And this is your Indignity Morning Podcast. I'm your host, Tom Skoka, taking a look at the day and the news. The lead spots on the front of today's New York Times are not exactly news, though. There are two versions of the same sort of thing on different topics. On the far right side of the page is Trump is eager to end the race in short order. Right next to it is Migrant Crisis Risks Stalling Biden Agenda. The latter has a news analysis tag on it. The former is played as straight news. But neither news nor analysis really describes what's going on here. The campaign story begins, With less than a week until the New Hampshire primary, Donald J. Trump and his allies are stepping up their efforts to muscle Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis out of the Republican presidential race by casting Mr. Trump's nomination as inevitable. But what do any of these verbs mean? What does stepping up mean? What does it mean to cast Trump's nomination as inevitable? How does any of this differ from the basic proposition that a presidential candidate is trying to win the presidential campaign? What campaign with any intention of winning anything does not step up its effort as Election Day gets closer? It sounds dramatic. It sounds like a narrative, but it's just a description of the most basic situation. The strategy, the story says, reflects an urgent desire to end the race quickly and avoid an extended and expensive battle for delegates heading into Super Tuesday on March 5th. But what other strategy would there be? The piece then argues not that Trump is too busy with his legal troubles, but that February presents a lull in his legal troubles, which gives him fewer opportunities to putatively, as the story puts it, use his court appearances as public relations and fundraising vehicles. But why does any of that matter? Trump was the Republican nominee last time around. He wants to reclaim the nomination this time around. He is the overwhelming frontrunner in the polls. What other candidate who fit that description, even if they were squeaky clean and untouched by scandal, would be doing anything other than what Trump is doing, which is, again, straightforwardly trying to win the race? What does any of this heavy breathing about strategy and motivations mean? What's the counterfactual? In what world does any candidate set out to pursue an extended and expensive battle for delegates? The whole thing just seems to mistake background conditions for a narrative sequence of events that's worth reporting. Headline, Candidate Runs for Office. Subheadline, Election Day Approaches. And then, while we're mistaking background conditions for narrative developments, there's the adjoining story. The soaring number of people crossing into the United States from Mexico, the Times writes, has been a political vulnerability for President Biden for the past three years, chipping away at his approval rating and opening him up to political attacks. So right there, right away, the whole structure of cause and effect is backward. The number of border migrants is not what has been chipping away at President Biden's approval rating. The political attacks have been doing the chipping away. Somehow a very open, long-standing Republican political strategy has been inverted into a situation where the migrants, or the numbers of migrants, are the political actors, and the Republicans are just responding to the openings that they create. The specific occasion for this news analysis is the news that House Republicans are refusing to send aid to Ukraine unless Democrats crack down on the border. Although then the story concedes, even if the two sides do come to some sort of agreement, many Republicans, especially in the House, would be loath to give an election year win to Mr. Biden on an issue that has given them a powerful line of criticism toward the White House. The issue is also at the center of the candidacy of Mr. Biden's likely opponent this fall, former President Donald J. Trump. The story goes on, The stalemate shows how the debate over immigration in the United States is no longer just about the border. Just going to check the top of the front page here. Friday, January 19th, 2024. Mark it down in your calendars. 
this is the day that the debate about immigration in the United States stopped being just about the border and started being about other things. Like, just come on. We're coming up on nine years since Trump came down the escalator talking about Mexicans. And that's before you even get into the birther stuff in 2012. We're more than a decade into xenophobia structuring American politics. With the Republican Party essentially having given up any vision of governance, the border and the various phantasmagorias extending outward from the mythical imagination of the border is all they've got to talk about. Except when the price of gas spikes. But here's the Times writing migrant crisis in the headline as if it's some freestanding objective entity. Inside the paper, there's a better look at how the immigration crisis works. On page A10, in a less confused headline, without evidence, House plans to charge Mayorkas. The story begins, House Republicans wrapped up impeachment hearings against Alejandro and Mayorkas, the Homeland Security Secretary, on Thursday, a little more than a week after the proceedings began, racing to charge him with failing to enforce the nation's immigration laws. The Republicans are moving ahead without evidence that Mr. Mayorkas has committed high crimes or misdemeanors, the constitutional standard for impeachment, effectively seeking to remove him for immigration policies they argue have imperiled the American public. The story continues, they plan to bring charges against Mr. Mayorkas as early as the end of this month, without having featured testimony from him or any other witness from the Biden administration to publicly answer for his conduct, or a single constitutional expert to support their argument that he is guilty of impeachable offenses. And to compensate for that clear description of political activity, at the bottom of the page, David Leonhardt, whose newsletter tells the Times readers all too baldly when and how to stop thinking about the issues of the day, presents a bunch of graphs to argue that Democrats are out of step with public opinion on immigration. Where does public opinion come from? Do the people who write newsletters for major publications have any role in generating and sustaining it? Don't ask David Leonard. That is the news. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe to Indignity to keep us going. And if all goes well, we will talk again on Monday.